Hello, Chelsea. Hello, Taryn. This is going to be our shortest and saddest episode so far, I think. (laughs) Because Chelsea decided, I don't know what's wrong with you. I have no regrets. Chelsea made me read this book, and I already knew what was going to happen, but it just hurt. And I think, frankly, it's rude that you made me read this. Again, no regrets. This book is a classic. I feel like everyone in the world should have to read this book at least once. Okay, I agree. It's an important discussion. But before this, Chelsea has to leave to go out of town in like literally 20 minutes. And so this is good. But it's either we do it's we record fine. now or we don't record it all this week. So it's we're going to make fine. it happen. But really quick. How's your day going? How's life? How how are we? Today has been a Tuesday that felt like a Monday. Mm. You know what? Recently, I felt like Tuesdays have actually been worse than Mondays. I don't know why, but I was like, not. I I'm not vibing with today. Today and I not friends. Um, which is fine because ultimately I will be here tomorrow, and it will not. So I win. Wow. Beautiful. (laughs) Not inspirational. That's just me trying to convince myself that I'm being successful at anything in my life. (laughs) It's like every day when I wake up and look in the mirror and say, we're going to keep freaking doing it. We are going to survive one more day. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, My classes today, uh, my lesson was not vibing with my classes very well until my last class period. It went really well in my last class, and it went like, eh, okay, in my other classes. Oh, good. But you ended on a high note. I did end on a high note. I also just ate some Cheez-Its to hold me over until I eat dinner after we record, because I was very hungry. I also have some sparkling cider with some flavor. Not sparkling cider, sorry. Sparkling water with some flavor that I can put in for some That's a lot less exciting. I'm not going to lie to you. Well... My thought process was I have apple juice and sparkling cider. Sorry. Gosh, I can't talk. Sparkling water. So I was just going to put a little bit of apple juice in my sparkling water and I'll feel fancy. All right. All right. I'll take it. Thank you for Um, your approval. You know, I just know that you need my approval and like everything in your life. So you're welcome. Thank you for knowing that without me having to say it. I did spend like, I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes on the phone with my mom on Saturday because she wants to start a podcast. And <gasps> apparently, mom, uh huh, Chantal, I know. And so she was asking me, like, how we do all of this stuff. And I was like, I don't know if I can express to you how much we don't know what we're doing. And she's like, yes. well, you know, you know more than I do. And I was like, barely, but okay. <laughs> So somehow I became like the resident expert on podcasts. And I was like, while I'm very flattered and this makes me feel very good about myself, I'm a tiny bit concerned that you're relying on my input so much. What does she want to make a podcast about? Um, About the nonprofit sector. So she's going to have a bunch of like guests. Hmm. I mean, it's still in the works, but the idea is she'll have a bunch of like guest pe- speakers come on and like share their experience with nonprofit and their specialties and help people find ways to be more involved in their community and 
serve and stuff. So that is really cool. And your mom is really cool. My mom is probably one of the coolest people I know. She's pretty cool. I support that assessment. Yeah. So anyway, should we jump into the trauma that is this book? Yeah. Again, real rude for you, rude of you. Okay, here's the thing. So we we are reviewing The Boy in the Striped Pajamas by John Boyne, which, if you don't know, is a historical fiction based around the Holocaust. It has a 4.16 on Goodreads, but I would like to explain my first time reading this was in the seventh grade, and I just picked it off the shelf because I thought it had a cool cover, because there was, like, barbed wire on it and stuff, and I was like, this looks sick. I'm so excited. No idea what it was about. I had the experience of reading this book not knowing it was a Holocaust book. Like, I had no idea what that book was about. And, like, halfway through, when you start to, I, like, started to piece together what was going on. And I was like, what the? Like, it it was genuinely mind-blowing. And no one will ever be able to have that experience because everyone already knows this book for what it is. But, um... It was pretty traumatizing in the seventh grade. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, oh my gosh, Bruno's so cute. Sister's so annoying. Where are they? What's going on? Why is it not saying anything? And then I was like, oh my gosh. And that ending. Anyway, um, this is like, reading this book is like a core memory for me. So I really like it. Not, not that I, not that I, I like the Holocaust. No, I... I think we understand what you're saying. Cool. Just double checking. Don't I think, don't vibe with that. I think sometimes when we think of terrible, horrible, tragic things that happened in history, I think sometimes we're like, oh, how do you talk to a kid about this? Mm-hmm. And I feel like while I would not hand this book to a child, I feel like it did such a good job of simplifying the experience enough to show how horrific it was almost from the eyes of a child and I was I was very impressed yeah like I feel like there are a million and a half holocaust books world war ii books like they're they're out there and not saying they aren't good but a lot of them are very similar you know like it's almost like its own genre um and I feel like what this book does differently is it does view it through the eyes of a child where he doesn't quite grasp what's going on and the innocence and youth that Bruno has in this book is it's a very refreshing lens through which to view the horrible things that happened at that time. Mm-hmm. So... Um, should we jump into ratings? Do you want to rate the plot? Yeah, I mean, the plot, I, I mean, this whole book, I feel like I have a hard time rating a, like, World War II book. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm not gonna say, oh, the plot was terrible. Like, I thought that it was, it wasn't a very long book. I thought that it Mm -hmm. was paced well. I thought that the way that they did it was, I, I don't know if unreliable narrator is the correct term for this because Bruno doesn't really understand what's going on. And I think yeah. we as the readers do. So I don't know yeah. what term to use for that. Like, I think this book is a five-star book. Yeah, if that's, I agree. If that's, yeah. I just think that 
for everything, the plot, I think that the character development, I think Bruno grew and was learning. And I think if he had had the opportunity to continue to learn and grow, I think he would have had some influence, but I don't know. I just, I, I think it's a five-star book all around. Yeah. hundred percent. It's super interesting. Cause I feel like you kind of see Bruno start to question things and like, why are things the way they are? But obviously you have this discrepancy of like, well, his dad's pretty high up. Mm-hmm. And there is kind of this open-ended question almost of like, where would he have ended up if things hadn't gone the way that they did? And you have this very, I feel like super realistic version of a child where he idolizes his dad, but is also scared of his dad and wants to break the rules and hates his sister, but like wants to be a good person. And he has this like very beautiful innocence to him, but also has like a casual selfish mindset that mm-hmm. you would actually see in someone that age. Um, especially given there's it's a very short book that covers a pretty long time frame. Like I, I feel like it's like a year and a half. It's over a year because he has his birthday. Yeah. And so it's, it's just super interesting to kind of see. I don't. I don't know very much about John Boyne as the author, but I feel like he did a really, really good job of capturing the essence of a child in that situation. But yeah, and it's just, it's hard not to, not to have like amazing pacing when the book is that short. Like he, I feel like he just did a really good job. Yeah. And like one of the things that he did that I noticed this time that I hadn't noticed in the past is Obviously, I hadn't read it since the seventh grade, but um, the use of the friends' names where you, like, have it nailed into you at the beginning of, like, he misses his three friends. And then halfway through the book, he's like, I can't remember the third friend's name. And by the end of the book, he's like, I can't remember any of their names. And me as the reader, and like, I also cannot remember any of their names, even though I read them a million and a half times, like, ten minutes ago. But I just, I thought that was really a nice touch on the, on the author's part. So. Yeah. I just think overall it was a good book. I think it, it served its purpose. Like I think the book, like I think John Boyne had a goal of writing it and I think that he met that goal. It made me think, it made me ponder, it made me cry and while no part of me ever thought that the Holocaust was good, it just, it just reminded me of the importance of not letting not letting that history be swept under the rug and not mm-hmm. letting it become old because it's it's far too easy for atrocities like that to happen again if we don't talk about it and care about people. And I, I did think he did a super good job of being respectful of the horrific things that happened. Like I, I didn't feel like he went into too much. I don't feel like he went into too much of what actually went on. I feel like he relies a lot on you as the reader to know the history. Yes. This like, wasn't teaching the history. This was mm-mm. telling a story about something that we were expected to already know. Yes. Yes. And I think all he wanted to do was, you already have the foundational knowledge. I just want to 
view it through the lens of children on both sides of the fence, you know? Mm-hmm. Which I also think, as someone who has spent a decent amount of time in Germany, I was really grateful that you kind of see a glimpse of this German boy who doesn't know what's going on. Like, it, it's not like everyone knew what was going on and was were these hateful, awful people. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the Nazism. Yes. That's not a word. I don't know why I said that word. But, like, <laughs> you know, I, it was the... It, Children are innocent on both sides, and they're raised to be one way or the other, depending on what side of the fence they're on, you know? Like, these are boys that were born the exact same day, they're good friends, they have a lot of the same interests, and yet their view of life is so drastically different because of the way that they were raised, how they were, like, who who their identity is that they have no control over. You know, it just, I don't know. And this is one, too, that I think the the book-to-screen adaptation is also phenomenal. Yes. You don't quite get that same sense in the book of what's going... Because in the book, you can kind of, if you don't know what's going on, be a little bit confused. Of like, what is he talking about? Because mm-hmm. he, he doesn't say these words. Yeah. Correctly. And obviously, you don't get that in the movie. But I do think the movie does a fantastic job of the emotions of the book and the last scene of the movie haunts me to this Mm -hmm. day beautifully haunting is i don't know so i know there's a lot that goes on in this book that i think i missed as a seventh grader like there were a lot there were a lot of things that was like wait a minute what yeah overall Definitely a five-star read. If you haven't read it, I would strongly recommend it. It is heavier topics, but it is also a very quick, easy read as far as language and level of reading. So, Not easy as far as emotion goes. Yep. Yeah, definitely not. So that's all I got. Is there anything else? No, I think you, I think you explained it very eloquently, Chelsea. Oh. Good job. Thank you. It's been it's been a little bit since I read it and so I feel like I there's obviously like large parts of the plot that I remember and I do have a couple things that I want to talk about but as far as overall I think it's a story that many of us know. I just I think stories like this are important. And obviously true stories true stories are more important. But if 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 you have to learn through a fictional story then like I'll take it. Mm-hmm. But as as a history teacher I've literally had kids come in and say like well my parents said this wasn't that big of a deal and I'm like I'm gonna scream like it is 2020 like what is going on it's like well these things are are worse that happened and I'm like I don't think we need to I don't think we need to compare yeah Yeah. compare atrocities like can we just acknowledge that many bad things happened and atrocities and atrocity it doesn't need to be compared to another one no like it's all bad so anyway yeah it's just it's a hard topic but i think that it does it very beautifully and i think sensitively but i know that a lot of like i in my audiobook that i listened to there was an interview with john boyne afterwards and some and the interviewer asked like what was 
how was it received? Like, have you had kickback? And he's like, of course I've had kickback. There are people that said that I have no right to write about it. There are people who say that um, I did it a wrong way. Like there was, he's like, I've had a lot of, a lot of negative feedback back, but he's like, but I've also had a lot of feedback of thank you for bringing this to people's attention. Thank you for telling our stories and thank you for caring. Yeah. So I think, I think especially when it comes to history, I think you should never rely on one story or one book or one source. I mean, especially this one where it's fictional, like, this mm-hmm. is not the thing to like be like, this is where I get my source of history. Like that's, that's not the point of the book. Um, but I, I do think it's really important when it comes to history to diversify your, your sources, make sure they're trusted sources. And like I said, a, a wide variety of them, because there's a, so many different facets to anything that happens in history that to rely on, one person or one story is is not going to give you a full picture of what happened. I feel happened. like it's I this might sound harsh but I feel like it's a little naive to mm-hmm. think that one source is going to tell the entire story. Mm-hmm. And even now like to this day we have things that are coming out about World War II and things that have happened before and after that we've we've there's just resources being released and things are being more easily accessible and now, like, I feel like you can't claim ignorance now at this point, like, with things of this caliber, like, you you have to, you have to know. Well, I think we're going to jump into our spoiler section. There's not a lot to, no. like, spoil, but there There's are definitely a couple, things, about a couple of things. Yeah, yeah, specific to the book in this mm-hmm. fictional story that I was surprised by rereading mm-hmm. it. Yep. But, um... Yeah, if you've read it, stick around. If not, go listen to it and then come back. It's, again, super short. So, mm-hmm. And yeah. since we are now officially in the November? Christmas season. The Christmas is no <laughs> What? It's fall. It's fall. Eat something pumpkin. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll allow it. Is that allowed? Yeah, pumpkin is great. Let's go for <laughs> it. Pumpkin fantastic. Pie, pumpkin yeah. spice. I'm here oh, for it. I love pumpkin pie. So much pumpkin goodness. Oh my Okay, gosh. you guys are all great. Uh, Chelsea, sound the alarm. Okay. Okay, there's like two things I want to talk about. One is less serious and one is like the ending of the book. Okay. I completely missed the what I believe was the affair between that right? <laughs> that soldier and his mom. Okay, that's what I was gonna ask. It was like, hold up, were they having an affair? Because it doesn't that's really what, say for sure. It never says it because it's from his point of point of view, but I'm pretty sure no way. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that was like the first thing I wrote down. It's like because in the book there's that. But in the movie, there's kind of that weird relationship between the, that soldier and his sister, where his sister mm-hmm. like has a crush on him. And I feel like they played that up a lot in the movie. Yeah. And rereading the book, I was like, what? The- How old is this guy? <laughs> like, what is happening? Anyway, yeah, 100%. I had the same thought where I was like, 
what 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 is it's like almost frustrating that it's from Bruno's perspective because I just want to know so naive like it was just so there he misses so much and even so much I thought it was really interesting where like it never said the word Jew because he kept being like yeah they say this word and I don't really know what that word is Mm -hmm. and I'm like "Ah!" (laughs) yep I'm like, they never say Auschwitz. They never say Jew. I think it says Hitler once. Like it. Yeah. But he just refers to it as the greeting that all the soldiers yeah. do. And I was like, yeah. Ugh. Um, the other thing with that l- Lieutenant Kotler, whatever that soldier's name mm-hmm. was, the tension of the scene at dinner when they ask about his dad and he says that his dad left the country, the tension, like, I I was so stressed. I would I'm like I don't know how I missed this the first time around either. But knowing I think more about the history of World War II and what Germany was like at that time, I don't think I realized in 7th grade how big of a deal that conversation was. Mhm. Or it's like that guy could have been like killed. Yep. Like cuz I thought was it was so like stressful. Your- Great, was it your great grandparent? They had like a whole process of how you could determine your Jewishness. Yeah, well, they made them carry around like the family history cards. Yeah, so they could see. Which is can't find one in English. They're all in German, but it was like very specific of. Mm -hmm. And his dad, his dad being Jewish, like. Well, even if he wasn't Jewish, like, even if he just disagreed politically and, yeah, like, fled the still, country, yeah. still a huge deal. hmm And especially because I feel like Kotler was overcompensated. Like, it put into perspective why he overcompensated mm-hmm. so cruelly. Like, the scene in the kitchen with him and Shmuel when he gives him the cake and then lies. Oh, that broke my heart. Oh. And Shmuel's just so cute and wholesome and just, like, forgives him. And I'm like, ooh. I, I feel like, too, like, I could feel the weight of every single one of Shmuel's words. Like, every time he said something like, well, we haven't been able to find this person. Or when he was just scarfing down the food. Or, like, the one time that Bruno, like, ate the food on the way there because he got hungry while he was walking. I and just to when, he was, him. when he was just like, oh, you didn't bring any food today. I was like, it, those are the times that I was so frustrated. And I think that was like, I think the author did that on purpose of like causing mm-hmm. that frustration to be like, yeah, see, this would be frustrating. Like, can you imagine seeing a child like this and not understanding the situation? Like, oh, I was so I mean, frustrated. It's, hard cause it's like, you're almost frustrated with Bruno, but he's so young that it's like, you can't mm-hmm. really blame him. He has he does not realize the gravity of what that food means to Shmuel. You know, even even him sneaking over to like help him look for his dad, like even then Bruno does not realize anything. Like mm-hmm. uh. And then the whole side story about his grandma who taught him to dress up and like hated Hitler politically and then to have him come to her funeral when she so clearly would not have wanted that Mm -hmm. that broke my heart a little bit where I was like oh like 
I just the whole the whole story he did s- such a good job of having you understand the gravity of situations when Bruno as the narrator did not. Yes. Where he and doesn't even understand up, why up until, it's a big deal. Even up until that last point of of him going in and then disappearing and showing like we don't know how long it took before his dad realized what happened. Like I know it said a certain, it was like, but it wasn't like the same day. They just, he disappeared. And then all of a sudden, like he was going and he found the spot where his clothes were and realized like, I would love. And I think he didn't, I don't think he, I think he didn't continue the story on purpose because Mm -hmm. we can't assume that like that would have changed his political views or anything. But like, Part of me want would want like an epilogue of that man's like thoughts of. I just can't fathom like, as a parent, you know that he has to have felt some amount of guilt, which is such an interesting juxtaposition to how you would view someone whose job is to run a concentration camp, a yeah. death camp, where he's killing kids like Shmuel every, every single day. day. Yeah, but, but it's when his, his own head. son. It's just, it It was such a, I don't want to say like beautiful way to end this story because that's not the right word, but like it, it was such a powerful way to end this story yeah. where you, you leave with so many emotions and questions and weight of what happened. But that that is one thing that I think, again, I hate comparing it to the movie so much, but like in the movie, they know what happens. Like they figure it out mm-hmm. pretty quickly. And, you and purely see- based off of like, timing of the movie like you kind of have to mm-hmm. and you you get you see his mom's reaction but in the book it kind of leaves you to believe that his dad doesn't tell anyone yeah and that it doesn't say like as as a mom to just not know you have no idea where your child went like and yet and that's what the people in the camp were already- dealing with Every yeah. single day. Like, mm-hmm. Shmuel brings up multiple times, we can't find so-and-so. We don't know where they went. <sighs> well, Chelsea, I took you a little over your 20 minutes, but I feel like keeping it under 30 is pretty impressive. It's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good for us. So. Yeah. Look at us go. Look at us. Hey, look at us. <sighs> look at us. <laughs> look at us. <laughs> Who would have thought? Mommy. Mommy. Uh, everybody go read a history book. Bad things happen in the world, but we can be a light and we can do good. Yeah. There's my inspirational tidbit for the day. Sorry if this was a a heavy episode and you were like, dang, I really wanted a funny episode. This is not a funny episode. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I picked the book and I have no regrets. (laughs) Yeah. It's Chelsea's fault. We are reviewing Era of Fire next week with our good friend, Mad. Don't you worry. It'll be. It's in two weeks. Just kidding. Next week we're reviewing... It's a Tuesday Tales. Next week is a Tuesday Tales, and we're going to be talking about characters that we think would be friends from different books, and I'm actually really excited about it. I forgot that that was next week. Yeah, I forgot we're we also pushed it back going week. to probably post something on our story if you want to make suggestions of who you think mm-hmm. would be friends. Feel free to keep an eye out for that. So yes. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here, guys. You're all fantastic and wonderful. All right. Well... Have best Tuesday <laughs> or whatever day you're listening to this ever. Yay! Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>